The following episode of the Blind Tag Podcast will contain some content that some may find as controversial. Listenership is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blind Tag Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Nash. On today is going to be a great day. If it is not, you just need to will it into fucking existence. So, as I said in the uh, brief little disclaimer before the intro, we will be talking, I will be discussing um, some possible controversial topics. Uh, Depending on who you are listening, you either may view it as controversial or you may view it as not controversial. So I'm giving you a fair warning. If for some reason you're easily triggered by discussions like this, feel free to stop the episode, wait till next week's episode drops, and we'll go from there. I'm I'm okay with that. But, uh, word up. Fuck do we begin with this the crazy shit? So I think we're gonna start with fucking Kanye West. Like I will never have the money he has. I wish I would, but like this guy has just gone 100% off of the deep end. Um, Fortune.com writer um, Sophie Miller on October 27th wrote a fantastic piece about how in three weeks cost him sponsorships and over a billion dollars. Like You have to be a complete uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs if in three weeks you can lose a billion dollars. I'm just saying that. So, I want to do the highlights and then just give my opinion. Okay? Once again, if you think this is controversial or you think my opinion on it is controversial... Feel free to wait until next week's episode. You can go ahead and stop now. So, here's how it started. It started on October 3rd at Paris Fashion Week. Where he sent uh, models down the runway and posted photos of conservative pundit Candace Owens um, with White Lives Matter shirts. Now, this has become a de facto white supremacist slogan. So, first and foremost, the, if if you don't understand what Black Lives Matter means, it's not that Black Lives Matter more than anybody else, it's Black Lives have continued to be oppressed 
and victims of discrimination, systematic racism, and inequality. Okay? Now, does the organization Black Lives Matters have some issues? Oh, hell yeah! Considering the founder is basically... You know, living in a posh mansion, but yet he's talking about inequality. I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, West was interviewed by um, conservative pundits. I won't even call him a opinion host. Because I don't think these are truly his opinions. Once again, my opinion. He was interviewed by Tucker Carlson on October 6th and said, The answer to why I wore White Lives Matter on a shirt is because they do. I thought the shirt was a funny shirt. I thought the idea of me wearing it was funny. Okay. If that was it, this this would be a non-story. It would be a story for about a week and then it would move on and stuff like that. Oh no. But he contradicted himself in his interview because he posted on Instagram on October 4th Every, everyone know that Black Lives Matter was a scam now it's over you're welcome. Okay, so he's immediately not knowing what his story is. Okay. Things took a turn when Sean Diddy Combs posted on his Instagram, hitting back against the t-shirt idea, saying he did not rock with the White Lives Matter movement. And I quote, All America has planned for black Americans is poverty, incarceration, and death. Here's where it gets interesting. Part one. Diddy's uh, um, Kanye West, who legally changed his name to Yee, don't know why, posted this response. I'm going to use you as an example to show the Jewish people that told you to call me that no one can threaten or influence me. So now he thinks Sean Diddy Combs is controlled by the Jewish people. it, 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 It gets darker and darker and darker. After not posting for two years on Twitter he returned to the platform on October 8th tweeting this and I am reading this verbatim and I quote I'm a bit sleepy tonight but when I wake up I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people the DEFCON system is uh, America's uh, readiness for um, attack Okay. He bases his anti-Semitism on the fact that he can't really be anti-Semitic since black people are all uh, black people are the real Jews. Hey, what? 
He claimed in unaired footage from the Tucker Carlson interview. Oh, I'm sorry. After the interview, he new unaired footage was revealed by Vice, showing a more incoherent and paranoid. He claimed black people were, and these this is his claims. He claimed that black people were the real twelve lost tribes of Judea, that fake children and professional actors were being placed in his house to sexualize his kids, and that Margaret Sanger, a known eugenics, along with KKK member, founded Planned Parenthood to control the black population. Carlson, for his part, because this was part of that interview, he edited down this part. So, for once, Tucker Carlson actually was like, okay, I don't yeah, no. And here's when the backlash began. J.P. Morgan announced it would end its association with Yee and his band, brand Yeezy. Although the Brent Banks decision predated any of his comments. So on October 14th, he loses J.P. Morgan. Uh, he then appears on Dr- Drink Champs, a hip-hop community podcast to continue his rant. The interview was taken down a day after it was posted for spreading false information about the death of George Floyd. I will not repeat it. Let's just say he he spread false information on how he died. Look it up for yourself. But, there was one important line in that. He said, and I quote, I can say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Now what? October 17th. Wes offered to buy the controversial in quotations free speech in quotations platform Parler, which is known for housing right-wing extremists and uh exposing misinformation and uh, conspiracy theories and uh, Balangia I believe I'm saying that right began taking his imagery off of its website making it the first corporate client to distance himself from the comment he called it the happiest day of his life saying it weeded out the people who weren't truly with him like oh my god dude Dude, oh my god, this is just getting ridiculous. His decision to buy Parler aligned him with America's conservative right wing. He said in a statement, in a world where conservative opinions... One second. In a world where conservative opinions are considered to be controversial, we have to make sure we have the right to freely express ourselves. Soon after uh, the anti uh, the, his rant, the anti-Semitic hate group Goem Defense League hung banners above freeways in L.A. that read, Kanye is right about the Jews. 
and giving the fucking Nazi salute. Well, um, here's where stuff really hits the fan. His talent agency, creative artist agency, and uh, United Talent Agency, his lawyers at Cohen, Claire, Lands, Griffer, Thrope, and a rotten strike, um, strike, I believe. I apologize. Vogue, the production company, MRC Entertainment, all condemned his actions and severed ties with the artists. Foot Locker and Gap began removing all Yeezy merchandise from their stores. Even and even collectors of his shoes and clothes began offloading them, deflating the market for secondhand Yeezys by thirty percent. And then Adidas said, "Oh, really? Fuck you." They ended his partnership, which would be almost a. $2 billion loss to the company. But it's about morals. <clears throat> this value plummeted, you know, led to the market valuation of Yeezy plummeting and $1.5 billion evaporating from his net worth. He has few places to turn, to be honest. Uh, he showed up at Skechers headquarters uninvited and was promptly escorted off the property. A spokesman for Skechers told TMZ that the company is not considering and has no intention of working with West. We condemn his recent divisive remarks and do not tolerate anti-Semitism or any form of hate speech. But the right wing of the American political spectrum love him for it so with that being said what's my take on this well any type of hate towards any group of people is not should not be tolerated not is not should not be tolerated don't care who you are And unfortunately, we're in a day and age, thanks to Mr. Oompa Loompa number 45, where people can openly say this and get cheered for it. Fucking cheered for it. So, this is what I have to say to Mr. Kanye West. Mr. Yee. Fuck you. You deserve everything you're getting. You deserve to be ostracized for this shit. You deserve to not be not have your music no, no one release new music for you you want to release an album guess what pay for your own fucking self or go down to Mar-a-Lago and get and uh, kiss Trump's ass maybe he'll put it on whatever record label is uh, um, 
you know, kissing his ass. Okay? You did this to yourself. You have no one to blame but yourself. We thought at the, at, at when everything was going on with him and Pete Davidson, we thought, okay, he's just going through a difficult time. Well, guess what? That ship has sailed. Now we're on what the fuck is wrong with you. So, that is my opinion on Kanye West. Next, we're going to talk about Twitter. We'll be right back. All right, before we go back to this episode of the Blind Tag Podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to Mark July for their song, Powerful Rock Next Generation. This is a song being used for this season's intro. You can download this and other royalty free songs to use on your podcast at pixabay.com. That is P I X A B A Y.com for all your royalty-free music needs. All right, welcome back in. I told you, this is just quote-unquote controversy over controversy, but let's talk about Mr. Elon Musk and his purchase, and it took forever for him going... I want to do it. I don't want to do it. I want to do it. I don't want to do it. Let's go to a judge. Finally became the owner uh, this past Thursday. And Jesus Christ. The hate and vitriol that has populated Twitter just since it became official is just shocking um I was having lunch with a um with um TJ and it's like I showed him like some of the like this article had basically like okay this is what some people were saying um they're using the N-word. And not only using it, using it like I would use popcorn. I know it sounds like a weird analogy, but throwing it around willy-nilly, obviously I am not going to repeat any, any of what they said. Because it is just downright despicable. Um, let's see. So let's let's go to this Reuters article real quick. He freed the bird, quote unquote, after the forty-four billion dollar deal. As soon as it uh, it became official, he fired the CEO, 
finance, the chief financial officer and policy chief like that. Some Twitter users uh, flag willingness to walk away. Polls show employee job concerns. Uh, it's it's just it's insane. So yet Musk has not offered details on how he will achieve um, all of this by wanting to defeat spam dot bots on Twitter and make the algorithms that determine how content is presented to its users publicly available. He's offered no details of how to achieve this. He said he plans to cut jobs, leaving Twitter's 7,500 employees fretting about their future. He also said on Thursday he did not buy Twitter to make more money, but to try to help humanity whom I love. Um, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Bullshit. If you... I'm sorry. If I'm going to purchase a social media sphere and I'm spending $44 billion, I'm not going to go, you know what? I think if I lose $44 billion annually on this, I will be okay. That's asinine. Is the best way to put it. Asinine. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to see. Uh, see what else. But yeah, it's. Come on. And this was uh, initially found on April 20, like in April. That uh, he was going to buy it, and we're now in October. I'm just so here's you know he's already saying, well, no, people are already speculating that he's going to basically let everyone who's been banned come back, including but not limited to the twice impeached former insurrectionists that we had occupying uh, uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and by the way before anyone says anything that is my opinion not based on any facts whatsoever that is my opinion but anyway but he did come out and say that um no one would be brought back on until after his um, content advisory council met. So basically, it's going to be like a, a diverse a, a diverse uh, group of people who's basically going to go okay. You know, if something's flagged, it has to you know has to approve. Okay, yeah, it's good. No, it's not. I don't know. I guess it's going to be like you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. All right, cool. Wild West, fuck it. And here's here's the thing, because I'm not really big. Now I, I did start really using Twitter. Um, 
at the advice of somebody, you know, trying to get my uh, brand out, but I honestly just use Instagram, to be honest with that, and here's, here's another thing I, I, I want to say about this. I have a, I have a, a feeling, and I said this to TJ, that within a few years, Twitter will go the realm of MySpace, and anyone um, under the age of 25 would probably go in, what the hell is MySpace? Well, MySpace conveniently is still around but it was a social networking service uh, launched on August 1st 2003 the first social network to reach a global audience and had a significant influence on technology pop culture and music the site played a role I'm reading this off the Wikipedia page the site played a critical role in the early growth of companies like YouTube and created a developer platform that launched the uh, successes of Zynga, RockU, and Photobucket, among others. It was the largest social media site from 2005 to 2008, and it was acquired by News Corp, the same corporation that hosts everyone, everyone's favorite uh, state TV channel, Fox News. For $580 million and it surpassed Yahoo and Google in June 2006 to become the most visited website. At its peak in April 2008, MySpace and Facebook reached 115 million unique users, but MySpace narrowly lost to the newly emerging Facebook in terms of global users. It was surpassed by Facebook in May 2009. Since then, the number of MySpace users have declined steadily despite several redesigns. Um, now, you remember what, they, what, what uh, News Corp bought it for in June, July 2005. Almost six years later, a specific media group and Justin Timberlake jointly purchased the company for $35 million. Its price went up a little bit. In February 11, 2016, it was announced that it was, uh, the MySpace and its parent company had been purchased by Time Inc. for $87 million, which in turn purchase, was purchased by Meredith Corporation January 31, 2018. Um, Meredith spun off MySpace and its original holding company and sold it to Viant Technology LLC. Okay, so here's the thing. May, um, it really just became, uh, like in 2007, it was valued at 12 billion. So, but a new site came along. So that's what's going to happen. I even saw an article that uh, a former uh, CEO, I think the former CEO, is already in uh, in talks of launching a new social media site 
But here's the difference between him launching, um, I think, um, Blue Sky, or I, I don't know what the name of it was. I don't, have, I don't have the article in front of me. Or, um, Oompa Loompa number 45 saying, you know the world needs truth social. The difference is, Mr. Truth is only appealing to a f- segment of the market ba- uh, market space. A market space that if put in the room with this, there's, let's put it this way. If there's a hundred people in the room and a hundred, and all a hundred people only like pizza, beer, and football. It's the only thing they like. After a while, you will have nothing to talk about. And the reason you won't have anything to talk about is because you like the same things. So, I think we'll give it a couple years. It's going to be you know, people are already starting to get off Twitter. Uh, Mick Foley has basically deactivated his Twitter account. And he said so if, if the purchase went through. So we'll see what happens. But my final opinion on this is to Elon Musk, thank you for fucking over free speech. Because just be, be just because it's free doesn't mean it's free from consequences. You are freeing people from consequences, which is dangerous to the country and to the world. What we'll talk about next? Come back and find out. Welcome back, and you know, like I said, controversial episode. But you know what? Sometimes you gotta have a little controversy. We talked about Kanye, we talked about Twitter, and maybe we should just talk about Captain Obvious when it comes to controversy, and that is the one, the only Donald Trump. So, here he is currently under four major criminal probes. Now, I want to uh, be basing this commentary off an article on Vox. So, I'll be more, you know, this is written by Ian Milheiser. So, First and foremost, the DOJ's Mar-a-Lago Classified Documents Investigation. For those who don't know, a warrant was executed in early August, um, seized several boxes of documents, many of which claim classified uh, document. Those were um, characterized as classified slash top secret slash SCI or sensitive compartmented information. 
Information concerning or derived from intelligence sources, methods, and analytical processes that the government typically treats with extraordinary caution. Um, also, the Washington Post reported that documents seized included classified documents relating to nuclear weapons. Now, um, the FBI believes that Trump may have violated the, a provision of the Espionage Act, which makes it a crime to willfully retain certain national security information that the um, processor has reason to believe could be used to the injury of the United States or to the advantage of a foreign nation rather than turning that information over to an officer or employee of the United States entitled to receive it. Um, now, there is currently a special master um, going through this, these documents because Trump was able to get a judge that he appointed that basically he was able to wink wink nudge nudge help me in any way shape or form but so here's the thing when you leave office you are supposed to turn everything over the documents do not belong to the person they belong to the country and of course Trump's like oh well Obama had and yeah, that's, that's his go-to. Obama did, or Obama did this, or Obama did that. No, he didn't. And neither did Bush. Neither did Clinton. Neither did H.W. Bush. Want me to keep going? Okay. Now you got the Justice Department investigation into January 6th. Uh, according to the Justice Department, more than 830 individuals have been charged for alleged criminal activity relating to the insurrection. On the Capitol and if anything DOJ appears to be stepping up those prosecutions last May as part of its annual budget proposal the Justice Department sought to hire 131 more lawyers to prosecute cases related to the attack now it is unclear that they're actively investigating Trump's role but they're investigating basically everybody but him so it's going to happen um, in May, prosecutors subpoenaed the National Archives for the same Trump administration documents that the archives already turned over to the House Select Committee investigating the attack. The Justice Department is likely to say much about whether Trump could be indicted until after such indictment takes place. Both congressional and ju judicial office officials have indicated that Trump most likely violated at least two federal criminal statutes during his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. One protects Congress from interference and the other prohibits conspiracies to defraud the nation. Of course, then you got John Eastman, whose uh, uh, his emails were basically, or he wrote the how to uh, de delegitimize the election memo. But then we got Georgia. Uh, Georgia, um, DA Fannie Willis, 
has asked a Georgia court to convene a special jan grand jury last January for the purposes of investigating the facts and circumstances related directly or indirectly to possible attempts to disrupt the lawful administration of the 2020 elections in the state of Georgia because Trump wanted uh, how many votes? 11,780 votes. Um, less than two years ago, Rudy Giuliani was a central figure in Trump's effort to overturn the election, known for his clownish lawyering and equally clownish press conference held in the parking lot of a Pennsylvania landscaping company. Uh, Lindsey Graham was subpoenaed, although he has been um, asked every court uh, imaginable to squash it. The Supreme Court on two, yesterday actually said they would not so he has to testify so one of course even if Giuliani Graham or others are eventually charged or convicted of a crime it remains an open question whether any of these actions could also implicate Trump uh, one such law is a crime called willfully tamper with any electors list voter certification numbered out list of voters, ballot box, voter machine, direct recording electronic equipment, or tabulation machine. While no evidence has yet to emerge that Trump personally tampered with any of these items, Georgia law also makes it a crime to, quote, with intent that another person engage in conduct constituting a felony, end quote, solicit another person to commit such a felony. Meanwhile, another state law specifically makes it a crime to engage in criminal solicitation to commit election fraud. Then of course you got his um, the civil investigation into his uh, organization and the fact of financial fraud, uh, misleading banks and tax officials and all that stuff. So as of right now, Mr. Um, Mr. 45 is the prenuptive nominee for 2024. If any of these crimes, if, if he is found guilty of any of these crimes, um, they can instruct or you know, try to get a sentence to where he is barred from office. Um... The problem is we have Ron DeSantis in Florida who is a Trump dependent on the day of the week whether whether he's in good Trump's good graces or not. Um, it's just you know he is that's the best way to put it. So he is doing everything in his power to try to be president again. And the one, you know, a lot of people are worried that if he ever did get president and get elected president again, he may rewrite the Constitution where he never leaves. If that happens, ladies and gentlemen, democracy in the, in the United States of America will be dead. I'm just saying. That's my personal opinion. 
it'll be dead. Um, we'll basically turn into 1774-1775, where we're basically ruled by a king. A straw man. Or, in other words, what Russia is right now. See, authoritarians got to have power. And they, and they have to have absolute power. If there's anyone that can try to question their power, they have to deal with them. And it's it's a scary thought. Like, uh, what was it? I remember talking to a buddy of mine. I want to say this was... was right after the election but before the insurrection attempt um I was I was looking up stuff and I told him I said dude I said I've I said I got concerned and he said why I said well what if Trump doesn't want to leave office even though he lost what's the protocol like I never had to look I never had to think about that I never had to look that up because every president no matter whether I agreed with them or disagreed with them had a orderly transfer of power they left office they went to reti- quote unquote retirement for a little bit and then they came out maybe a year later and worked you know maybe do rally um Rallies for people in their party. That's it. I mean, heck, even the atrocities that George W. Bush oversaw, even he had an orderly transition of power. Even Bill Clinton, um, even though he wasn't up for re-election because he was term-limited, um... You know, there was an orderly transfer of power, even though there was a legal fight. Now, obviously, I was like, oh, well, you know, Trump did the same thing Bush did and Gore did. And, like, and yeah, but there's a difference. On December 14th, when Al Gore said, enough's enough. We have to have an orderly transition, a transfer of power. I concede. George W. Bush is the president members of his party tried to object on January 6, 2001 and he did the same thing that um, Mike Pence did in January 6, 2021. The problem wasn't the difference was there was no angry mob trying to break in. So All I'm going to say is this. I am not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm not going to tell you, you know, what policy you need to vote for. I know know what policies are right for me. I know who I'm going to vote for. But the only thing I'm going to tell you is this. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm just going to suggest it. Go vote. But make sure you know what policy is most important to you. And you vote on that policy. If the policy is women deserve the right to their own bodies, then you find a candidate that 
like is is with that. If you think that no woman should have an abortion, ever, doesn't matter what happened, you find the candidate that agrees with that. Don't vote just straight Republican or straight Democrat. Because, in my opinion, that's the coward's way. That's that's why the uneducated liberals and the uneducated uh, conservatives. That's how a lot of them get there, get voted in, especially at the lower level, because they just hit oop oh, r, oop oh, d, and then you could vote in because of that. The worst people imaginable. So, I think that's I'm done with my controversy for today. When I, when we get back, I will try to be. Yeah, we'll talk football. Um, I'm I'm recording this as the trade deadline is about over. So not this week, this episode, but next week I I will definitely be going through each of the uh, trade deadline uh, trades and see what the hell. Just trust me. What the hell? We'll be right back. Alright, welcome back, and now, let's, once again, let's try to get away with the um, controversy and all that jazz, but let's talk some football, okay? Let's pull up my predictions from last week, week 9 of the college football season, and my god, was I horrible in the uh, ACC this week. I got NC State being in Virginia Tech and Florida State being Georgia Tech. Everything else, I was way off on. Notre Dame defeated Syracuse. UConn beat Boston College. What the fuck? Miami, <laughs> Miami beat Virginia in a boring four-overtime game. Uh, Louisville beat Wake and North Carolina beat Pitt. I was gr- I was great in the Sun Belt. My one loss. I I went again. I went against my gut, and I picked Marshall over Coastal. That's fine. Uh, top twenty-five once again. Um, I went eleven and three. The only ones I missed. I wanted Penn State to beat Ohio State so bad. I almost did. UCF upset Cincinnati, and Missouri upset South Carolina. So that puts me seventeen and nine for the week. Going into week 10, I have a 697 winning percentage. So I'm very good. Let's go to the NFL real quick. Um, Isaiah likely had his best game of his young NFL career as the Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay. As the Baltimore Ravens send the Buccaneers to a 3-5 record. Um, apparently... All it takes to snap a losing streak was to send Bronco uh, Bronco Nation overseas as they defeated the Jaguars 21-17. <clears throat> In a heart attack 
waiting to happen. The Panthers lost to the Falcons in overtime, 37-34. DJ Hall, DJ Moore hauled in a last-minute touchdown pass to give to tie the game at 34. The problem was he removed his helmet, causing a 15-yard penalty. Um, they missed the 48-yard extra point and then missed a 33-yard field goal in overtime to give Falcons first place in the AFs in the NFC South. The Bears, after beating the Patriots on Monday night, fall to the Cowboys 49-29. The Dolphins defeat the Lions. 31-27. The Vikings beat the Cardinals 34-26 for their fifth straight victory. Alvin Kamara finally shows up and scored three touchdowns to a 24-0 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. Patriots rebound quite nicely as Bill Belichick passes George Hollis for most coaching victories as the Patriots defeat the New York Jets 22-17. The Eagles remain undefeated 35-13 over the Steelers. Titans 17-10 over the Texans. The Commanders 17-16 game victory over the Colts. The 49ers Christian McCaffrey rushes, catches, and passes for a touchdown in a 31-14 domination of the Rams. The Seahawks defeat the upset the Giants, 27-13. Uh, they're five and three, and the Bills sent the Packers to a three and five record, 27-17. And then the Cleveland Browns defeat the Cincinnati Bengals, 32-13 on Monday night. Let's look at the standings real quick. And let's see how, what our playoff standings would look like. The Chargers currently, you know, even though they were there, they had a bye week. The Chargers would be the seventh seed. They would travel to Tennessee. Miami would travel to Kansas City, and the Jets would travel to Baltimore, with Buffalo remaining the number one seed. San Francisco wins the tiebreaker over Washington based on best win percentage in conference games. 4-2 over 2-3. Um, San Francisco would travel to Minnesota. The Giants would travel to Seattle. And Dallas would travel to Atlanta. Let's, let's look at the division real quick right now. Um, the Bills are a game and a half above the Jets and the Dolphins. Baltimore is a game over Cincinnati. Tennessee is currently, we're going to call it two and a half games over ten, uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Kansas City, a game over the Chargers. Philadelphia game and a half over Dallas and the Giants. Minnesota dominating the North. Atlanta at 500 is winning the South. And then Seattle is leading the West. And based on winning percentage, Detroit 
Houston, no, I, I don't have the exact, like, what uh, what trades would be, but Detroit, Houston, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Carolina would be the top five draft picks. And while we are looking at ESPN.com, like I said, I'm going to save the trades for next week. Um, Steve Nash is out as the Nets head coach. And the Nets are looking to hire the currently suspended coach of the Boston Celtics. I see. I wish I could make this shit up, but I can't. Um, the National Basketball Players Association has issued a statement condemning anti-Semitism because the vice president, Mr. Kyrie Irving tweeted about a 2018 movie based on a book that features anti-Semitic tropes. The tweet Thursday was condemned by ownership of the Nets and the NBA on Saturday. Irving tweeted Saturday that he is not anti-Semitic, but addressed the media on Saturday night, saying, and I quote, I'm not here to argue over a person or a culture or a religion and what they believe. Nah. This is what's here. It's on a public platform. Do I do? Did I do anything illegal? Did I hurt anybody? Did I harm anybody? Am I going out and saying that I hate one specific group of people? So out of all of the judgment that people got for me posting without talking to me, and then I respect what Joe said, but there has a lot to do with not ego or pride of how proud I am to be of African heritage, but also to be living as a free black man here in America, knowing the historical complexities for me to get here. So I'm not going to stand down on anything that I believe in. I'm only going to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me. So after reading that by Kyrie, I just... So, here's here's the thing that I'm curious about. Do you not know your you promote a movie that came out in 2018? If you're going to promote something, you better know what first of all what the hell is in it, and if there's anything that you don't agree with, don't promote it. So, Kyrie Irving, you are getting what you deserve. You have spent the last, we'll, we'll call it two years, all right? Basically saying that, well, I, I'm not going to play if they force me to get a shot. Which, once again, your prerogative, your, your choice. But you have to live with the consequences of your actions. And this is the same thing. I am losing more and more respect for Kyrie Irving by the week. So, that's on you. But, that being said, 
This has been the Blind Tag Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Nashheim. I hope y'all have a great rest of the week. Next week, we will be talking NFL trades.